and then the account that posted it follows you back. Welcome to Dunstan Checks Men, the only podcast breaking down the 1996 eight film Dunstan Checks In, minute by minute, and pairing each of those minutes with another feature film. I'm Lord Andrew. I'm Emily Monkey Town. And you've you've chosen to pair minute forty seven. Yes. With a, a film that rhymes with forty seven. Oh no. <laughs> That's why you picked it. You <laughs> why? It's a, mo- a little movie from twi- from twenty eleven. The rhymes don't stop. Uh, called We Need to Talk About Kevin. Mm. And I'm going to say right now, actually, uh, this is the first episode of Dunstan Checks In. I know I laughed just because it's a weird, odd thing that we've never done before, but this is no joke. Uh, I'm going to throw a content warning on this episode because uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin uh, is a film that co- covers a very uh, dark subject matter, mm-hmm. let's say, that uh, not everybody necessarily wants to hear about all the time. So if you don't want to hear about the film We Need to Talk About Kevin, skip to... 21 minutes and 46 seconds. And now we're, now this is just, now we're within the episode. All right. Uh, so let's start talking about the minute and yep. then you'll, you'll bring us into the, into the, we need to universe. Yeah. Um, the, we need to universe. Is that what you just said? Yeah. They're going to make a sequel God. where they need to talk about someone else. Uh, Lord. Nope. Lionel Spaulding gets slapped. Sorry, I use initial abbreviations. Sure. So I saw so the you L. Just wrote L. And I just went. Spaulding. I went right into it. Yeah. But Lionel Spaulding gets slapped. We we saw this begin in the at the end of the last minute. Mm-hmm. The slap is completed. He does get his glasses though. It's true. But what what we see first is outside Dunstan. Mm-hmm. Whether he heard the slap or his Dunstan sense went off. Sure. Drops the cucumber that he was going to eat that he took from from the the woman's eye. Yeah. Uh, and runs. Yes. Lionel Spaulding comes out of the the room with his glasses now, mm-hmm. and he's kind of marching. He's he's determined. He's yes. he's he looks like he's gonna do something. Mm-hmm. Slips on the cucumber. Slips right on that cuke. Full, fully down. Yeah, doesn't look like he's getting back up anytime cuke. soon. Taken down by cuke, much like uh, much like cats in a viral video recently. He was felled by a cucumber. I thought, isn't that a whole thing where cats are scared of cucumbers? Yeah. Not all cats. I I recently saw a picture of a cat uh, just happily munching away on a cucumber. Wow. Yeah. Uh, does that mean like cucumbers and bananas are opposites? Because there's that cat that loves that banana. That's true. I don't know what's. I don't have an answer for you. Okay. Uh, then we 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 cut to a scene where Mr. Grant yes. is in his office. Mm-hmm. Papers spread in front of him. Mm-hmm. He's having a, a a Pepto or something. Sure. Dr- well, this is a classic movie trope to show that an adult is stressed, mm-hmm. uh, that they're they're uh, having copious amounts of um, di- digestant aid. Yeah. It's yeah. usually shown by they drop some something in water and well, it fizzes. I, I, this looks to me like a classic Alka-Seltzer to me. Yeah, yeah, plop, yeah. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Yeah. He also has a jar that I, maybe the those are coming out of the jar that's on his desk. He could be double dosing. I, I believe they were coming out of the jar. Okay. Desk. Uh, but yeah, definitely the the fizzy drink. That's always a classic. Mm-hmm. Adult is stressed. Yes. Uh, and uh, sometimes it won't be a fizzy drink, though. Sometimes, as you said, it'll be Pepto. They'll just be string, drinking Pepto straight right from, from the, the bottle. bottle. That's mm-hmm. a classic. Uh, so Brian is in the office. Yes. With Mr. Grant, his mm-hmm. phone is ringing, but Brian is going off on some kind of a tirade mm-hmm. about his brother. What does he say? Uh, What's his first line? Do you recall? I don't. I don't have the full line, but he's like, "But Dad." He says something where he's 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 not making sense. Like he he's, says, he tried to kill me. He tried to kill me. Oh, okay. And and this is where I'd want to talk about. We need to talk about Kevin. All right then. Uh, we I here's here, uh, here's what I'll say up front. Yeah. I didn't know. I knew we need to talk about Kevin 
was about a film about a family trying to cope with a, a child who was like some kind of sociopath or psychopath, however the movie wants to define it. Yeah. Who commits murder uh-huh. at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I did not know it was a school, a mass school killing. I kind of. But I, I maybe that. would not have picked the film if I did know that. I'll, I'll, I'll be upfront about that. Okay, cool. <laughs> Great. Um, I uh, also. Th- so this was your first watch of the film. Yes. Yeah, this yes. was mine as well. Yes. Uh, I, I believe when it this came is, out. Here's what I'll say about this. Huh. This is part of Spooky Summer. Yeah. And I think one of my problems with the film now that I've seen it actually is the way that it it frames it more like a horror movie. Yes. Than not that's yeah that that's kind of fucked up huh yeah it, <laughs> it's like i mean i don't know it's it's it is sort of well crafted and, and well acted and um i think that's why in a lot of ways it, it it passes as like this sort of thoughtful examination of something that is a real problem especially in our country right now mm. um well, except it also... But it's not. It's like, it's not at all. But no, it also dodges literally everything that you're saying. Yeah. You're sa- it, it, well, It's something yes. that is a real problem in our country, but also it doesn't go to any of the places that that kind of story could or should go. Well, yeah, it's 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 a frustrating movie because it, I mean, it is, you, you get a sense of talent working on this film. Yeah. I think, I, I think it, you know, it is the... It's very artistically shot. It looks really nice. I, I think Ezra mm. Miller does a good job with the performance. Mm. It's it's you know it's one of those things where it's like, well he's he's acting good, but it's it's not it's not a performance that I think the world needed. Yeah, and I would say the same with Tilda Swinton in the movie. I I really had an issue with the way it was edited. Sure, it was just all over the place in a way that I thought, why, why are they, the, well, this, the people I, who made this film are making us work too hard for something that I feel like is so, on its face, just is an interesting enough story. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like you know, I, 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 I this is maybe a controversial statement. Mm. I think minimum, minimum, ninety nine percent of uh, movies that are presented not not in chronological orders with their story don't need to be that way yeah and it's just the filmmaker jerking off well i mean this one almost especially because we we see tilda swinton's character Mm -hmm. is just getting some something has gone wrong and people hate her yes and it we're not being told what it is yeah we're being shown flashes of a police light yeah oh there's a crowd that's angry yeah just fucking do it. Like I don't it's know. Also, it's just so frustrating. It's like it's frustrating because it, you have that, but then there's also there's no there's no necessarily moment of like reveal mm-hmm. because you just kind of gradually get enough clues where like at a certain point you're like oh I have figured this out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty much. <laughs> it's also I think another thing that's frustrating about the movie is the way it you know it's a very heavy subject obviously mm-hmm. a very very loaded heavy subject and the film in a way feels like it is deliberately avoiding participating in the conversation about that subject yeah and i think one of the specific ways it does that is by having him do it with a bow and arrow yes um when this is i mean in real life this is this is this is a gun problem yeah um so like the film not stopping short of that it just feels like uh it feels like it's, they're doing two things. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're, A, trying to avoid making this a movie about guns. Yeah. Which, like, whatever. I think that's some coward shit, frankly. Uh-huh. Uh, and, B, it feels uh, almost exploitative because it feels like they're trying to make an interesting choice. Yes. Um, which, I mean, I guess it is, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. it's different. It um, And it, I don't know. But it, here's the thing. It adds to the horror of it because it's like, it's... 
you know, it's it, it it by being different, it makes you think about that moment more than you maybe would have mm-hmm. if it was something you were more used to. Um, but it's 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 but again that that is that that adds to the value of the movie in a sense by, by maybe playing up the horror aspect, but doesn't really it's not making a statement or anything, which I, I find frustrating. Yeah, I fully <laughs> agree. I cannot. The, there's there's really. Um, because there is so many weird little issues. Because mm-hmm. you, you keep bringing up horror, and I think a lot of people do consider this a kind of horror movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of shots that are very like, oh, this is creepy. The way mm-hmm. that they're filming this is meant to unease you. Yeah. Um, but then it, it it it's almost like if if they had a level of I, I feel like some horror movies have a level of camp. Sure. That makes but I, not that all makes it. Movies. I mean, there are horror movies that are not campy. At yeah, all. but but it's it's something like, and then the fact that it is as as we've said, it's too real. Yeah. There's like uh, school shootings are a real scary thing. Yeah. And the way that this movie seems to handle it is like not well. Well, I mean, it, 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 you say not well. I don't not well. I feel like in a weird way is almost giving it too much credit because mm-hmm. I feel like the movie is. I feel like the movie is very aware that it's walking a line of like it wants to use this thing as just a, it wants to make this just a scary thing, mm-hmm. um, which um, it, it, I think it does take a lot of steps that are in ways effective, but like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe in 2011 where, uh, you know, school shootings were a huge problem, but not, an, uh, not necessarily, you know, we didn't have three a week back then yeah. like we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was a little easier to swallow back then but i i, I don't know the uh, the other thing that i th- i think is is uh, kind of interesting so this is based on a book mm-hmm. the book came out in 2003 yeah feels um, like it feels like it feels like it, t- it feels like from the perspective of 2003 yeah yeah and um there's a lot of things that they did change from book to movie mm-hmm. uh w- one one that i thought was interesting that that people online were pointing out was that within the book uh the the people that Kevin killed at the school mm-hmm. were like specifically chosen. It wasn't like a massacre. It was a massacre because yeah. it was many. It was like nine people. Yeah, but he chose them for different reasons or something. Yeah, rather than the way that it is portrayed here is very much. I feel like what the news looks like. Yeah, which is random. Yeah, and there. I mean, there. We we don't. We never. We all, the only time we ever see his victims is like as they're being wheeled out of the gym. Yeah, we don't. Even, most of them, we don't even get a good look at their faces. Mm-hmm. So it's like, again, I feel like that was a situation where they're like, we want this to be scary, but we, that would be pushing it too far to where it wouldn't be scary. It'd just be a bummer thinking mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, one of the other things they changed from book to movie is the way that the sister's eye is injured. Oh yeah. In the movie it's it's uh like hinted at. Yeah. That that um Kevin shot her with the arrow. Yeah. Like that he I mean Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the way that they do it is so like weird, but mm-hmm. it's just like all of a sudden she I thought there was some mention of her being eye. chemically blinded. Oh, okay. I thought they called that out specifically. I don't recall that at all. I, I don't Because in the I... in the book it is chemically blinded. Yeah. So maybe maybe they did. Yeah. And I just didn't and it happened in one of those brief flashes where a police yeah, siren goes off. Exactly. God, the way the way that this movie is structured is so frustrating. Yeah. Um, because the the other thing that I think is so strange is I feel like this narrative of the the mother being blamed mm-hmm. it doesn't happen in real life. Well, that's the thing. It seemed like the the one message, the one statement of this movie seems to be about how she was sort of unfairly blamed and how like 
her from the moment this kid was born like he has just been successfully ruining her life yeah um culminating in in, in obviously the 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 massacre mm-hmm. um but that's like I don't know. I mean, there's a point that the the point that stood out to me. There's a moment where this is after the massacre has occurred and everyone hates her, uh, and she's at a party. Whereas, um, do you remember the Christmas party? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This moment was like it was very affecting to me in a way that I thought, oh, if this was maybe a little more earned and maybe in a different movie, this would be a very this would be an extremely well done affecting moment. Yeah. But here, it's just like I he, it kind of it just feels. It feels like it doesn't belong in this movie, you know. No, the moment yeah, I'm talking no. about is um, he's he um, she's at a, a Christmas co-worker. party and yeah. a coworker who has like been nice to her in a few instances, um, is like trying to get her to dance and she doesn't want to do it, and then he leans in and like they they like the pacing and the editing of the scene I would say is extremely well done because like he leans in and you think he's gonna say something like cute or charming to her, uh, and instead he says where do you get off being such a stuck up fucking bitch? Mm. You know no one else is gonna want you right now. I'm the, I'm your only option, and then he walks away. Yeah, and it's I mean. I felt like I felt something for her in that moment. It was, that was a very hard to watch and heartbreaking moment, but it's like, this is a movie about an issue. I mean, you could say the issue is like public's perception of women. Mm. And this is a movie about that, but it's like, it's tied into something that is a, a much more sensational issue, a much, uh, I don't want to say a larger issue just because I don't, you know, things that are major issues in society, we should just be working on all of them, not yeah, necessarily comparing them. Be, yeah. But it's like, I don't know, it's like, uh, it's like, it's weird that the, the, it's just, there's such a big thing happening in this movie that has nothing to do with what I can, the only, the one theme that I can pick out in this movie, which is the unfair public perception of women. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems largely unrelated to this massacre, which you you can't put a school massacre in your movie yeah. uh, and and not have it be about that, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know. It, it felt it was all over the place. No, because I I I I get what you're saying about the public perception of women, because also the, the other thing, if you, if you call it the big plot point, is it seems that she more or less regrets choosing to have children. Yeah. To, uh, at least choosing to have Kevin, like yeah. she regrets becoming pregnant, she regrets motherhood. Yes, and so it's it's you could you could look at that as like oh does she, did she feel forced into it? Yeah, is it you know society's expectation of women is you there, know they need the, to be nurturing and she yeah. you know she doesn't have that with this son. There's also the running thing, and I guess this is where they are trying to tie the themes together, where she is trying to tell people about Kevin, whether that's her husband uh, John mm. C. Riley, the doctor, men always men yeah. specifically, and none of them believe her. Her because he's always Kevin's always good in front of them and only does his evil shit when he's around her. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's just like I don't. It's just so distracting to 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 tie that story, and that theme into a, 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 an issue that is just as important and that you don't address. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of a mess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really I think yeah. the the long and the short of it. It's one of the, I mean it's one of those things where I mean the we, you mentioned the editing is not great. I, I mean I wouldn't say the editing is not great because I don't think you know an editor doesn't make a choice to tell like that that obviously that I think to me that's more in the directing of like hey this movie is going to be told out of order like that would be a buck wild thing if just the editor was like you know what I'm going to chop this movie up a whole bunch <laughs> yeah sure because like the individual scenes I think flow fine and and I I think. It's such a it's just such a slick movie that I think it's one of those movies that looks good enough that a lot of people sort of don't notice that it's bad. I <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Like it was critically acclaimed when it came out. 
Yeah, I also think, I mean, I got really tired of the red blood imagery. Yeah. Where the some someone had splashed a bucket of red paint on her new house yeah, to signify car. that she was yeah. you know responsible for this massacre. Yeah. And then she const- spends the rest of the movie, because they cut back and forth, mm-hmm. washing it off, and she's always got red paint on her hands that she's washing off of her hands. It's a little obvious. Yeah, and then there's the where she does her room really nice, and Kevin comes in with red paint in a squirt gun and shoots the walls with it to ruin her nice room yeah it's like god can you give it up <laughs> like just we I, get it i didn't think that was a bad image but there's like there's a good like seven identical shots of her cleaning the paint off her house yeah and you maybe could have done with two instead <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah, maybe dare i even say one uh-huh and i think um this was pointed out to me by my girlfriend, but I'm sure I, I would have noticed, but this was something that just, she was so disgusted by the way that food was shot in this movie. Mm-hmm. And specifically, like, they, they choose to have Kevin eat food in disgusting ways. Yes. And I don't know what that's about. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think that's just to show that, like, he's, like, the things that inherently bother most people quote-unquote normal people mm-hmm. don't bother kevin i think i think that was the implication there. i i guess i think I, that was just to show a level of detachment i th- i thought it tied into the the because because like you said we do not see the massacre at the end mm-hmm. of the film we see uh people afterwards and i thought oh are they instead of having gore they're gonna have just gross food yeah. and that's like part of the symbolism with the red paint no i think it was just to show it was how a lot he, of jelly how, sandwiches jelly sand yeah and you, you say jelly not peanut butter and jelly just jelly it's just, just jelly. straight up jelly sandwiches mm-hmm. there's also the part where he eats a whole roast chicken yeah um and yeah but i think i think that is intentional just to show like hey kevin is someone who is sort of unperturbed by by classic human values mm. things that are just inherently gross to us are not gross to him and i feel like as 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 much work as tilda swinton is doing in this movie i i couldn't get a grasp of her character um, I don't. I don't know that that's because much much like that moment at the Christmas party is unearned. I feel like the hug at the end is unearned. Oh, for sure. Like that to I, me. I think the writing is not there. I, I think <laughs> Tilda Swinton does an admirable job. But yeah. I I, I I don't think the writing is I, really there. I just needed. I don't know. Maybe one more thing with her where it's just like vocalize something because mm-hmm. because they even have a part in the middle which seemingly comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. is is it Kevin had been interviewed by a news program or was he in a documentary because um, it was on her television yeah that he he was saying oh why did I do it everyone's looking at their TVs there's TVs everywhere yeah I'm on TV right now yeah and it's like okay, okay so he did this to get on TV like that doesn't feel unearned I, all of it adds up to kind of nothing I th- well that to me that moment was him saying like he it, not it wasn't necessarily about TV specifically that was to me it was just him saying like he was, I mean, listen, he's a shitty person, so yeah. I, I think, he, I, I don't think they had these terms. I think if he was today, if he was today. If he was today, yeah. I think if he was today, like, the equivalent speech he would be saying was that he didn't want to be an NPC. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He It comes off as very, like, edgelord. Like, he's, yeah. and I'm, I, and they even have that weird hacking scene. I don't, yeah. like. Yeah, so, the weird, the hacking scene is <laughs> super fucking out of place. Because it's like, I guess that scene is supposed to show that he's smart. Yeah, right. Because it's like it's, it's not like he uses hacking ever again in the movie. No, <laughs> no. There's um, when he I does was... like a full on like Nedry style GIF on his mom's computer to let her know she's been hacked. Yeah. Um. I. I. There is a when I was looking up the film, there is a poster. Yeah. For the film that does use that hacking imagery. Yeah. On his face, which I don't understand fully. Yeah. Well, that poster I think ties it. I don't know if you remember the trailers, but the trailers and the poster very much sell this as like a, as just a, a normal horror film. Oh, okay. 
Because like that's I, I mean that's why I thought it kind of was that because like, the trailers make it look like you know in the, in the style of like the Good Son the Macaulay Culkin film from well, the nineties sure. uh-huh. like, the trailers kind of pitched it as that kind of movie I felt and I think the poster was part of that. Mm-hmm. The poster also has big, um, big Jared Leto with the word damaged on his forehead energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really does. Big Suicide Squad Joker energy. Mm-hmm. Was this um, like Ezra Miller's big break? Maybe. Okay. I like him as an actor. As do I. I can see why people saw this and went, oh, we want to put him in yeah, more movies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy to see that he's in other movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty done with this movie. Yeah. I'm ready to put it away. Uh, well, I'll just, I, while we're technically still talking about the movie before we bring people back in from the content warning, um, I, won't, I, I the reason why I felt this was connected to this minute is because... Um, it's played for 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 goofs for jokes in this movie, but Kyle did do an extremely dangerous thing to Brian that Brian that Brian is now talking about. Like, oh, he tried to kill me. Like, yeah, yeah. If your brother drops you, I mean, not off a building technically because they were within the building down a laundry chute, but the equivalent of off a building. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a highly alarming thing. Mm. And uh, you know, I think the connection there is just is being scared of a child. Okay. Which I think is present in both this minute and the film we need to talk about, Kevin. And now we are done. All right. So let's get back into the minute. Yep. Uh, whew, what? Put him in a special school. So Brian- Which is, uh, this is, uh, we got, we got, we got, we're two for two on like classic family tropes. Oh yeah. In movies. We've got, we've got the stressed dad drinking Alka-Seltzer and then we've got the older sibling trying to have the younger sibling sent away. Sent away. <laughs> Which is, it's a classic, classic yeah. goof. And it's like, I, I I, think, you know, I don't think it's meant to be a boarding school that he's implying. Yeah. I think he's implying some well, kind of says, mental quote, special institute. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Something where they'll, where they'll cook for they'll him. They'll cook for him. Oh, he could be home for holidays. Yeah. It's really, yeah, that is the trope. But uh, Mr. Grant's phone is ringing. Yeah. He starts looking for it. He finds it. And uh, can I say something about this minute? Yeah. It's time for one. It's once again time for a rarely used phrase on this show. Whoa, what the well, hell? Well, almost a rarely used. It's a phrase. It's almost a phrase that is a rarely used phrase on this show. Okay. This is like two thirds of a good minute. Okay. <laughs> I was sorry you were going to say it's a good minute because I I would say no. I'll tell you who shines in this minute to me. Sure. Jason Alexander. Well, yeah. I think his his dialogue that we're about to discuss in this phone call mm-hmm. it pops. He he sells it. It's funny. It's good. Jason mm-hmm. Alexander make make makes it worth our time in this well, minute. Well, he he turns to Brian. And he says, "What's your brother doing in the spa?" Yeah, that's such a. His read on that is just really funny to me. Yeah. Because it's so, uh, you know, he, it's, it's, uh, I believe it, you know? Uh-huh. What is his brother doing in the spa? So, okay, so I wanted to ask you, who called Mr. Grant? Mm, Marty. See, now, here's the thing. I think uh, little Kyle went up to an employee and said, oh, can you call my dad? Ooh, you might be right. And you know what? In fact, I'm going to retract my previous statement because if it was Murray, Murray would have seen Dunstan. Murray would have seen Dunstan because if Murray called, he would have seen he would have seen on the cameras most likely. Oh, okay. And he would. There's no way he would have missed Dunstan. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna track my statement, uh-huh. and I'm gonna agree with yours. Yeah, because the the other thing that I I I think about this call because then the next thing that we see is that Mr. Grant and Brian come out of a door and right around the corner is Kyle waiting for them. Yeah, I, so, uh, yeah, I so think you're right. I think he definitely, you know, he went up to somebody, said, hey, can you call my dad? Tell him to come down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, he starts explaining. Uh-huh. Kyle starts explaining. 
He says, uh, oh, I found the monster and the monster's a monkey and the monkey is named Dunstan. I like that he includes the name as like part of his like, there's almost like the expectation that uh, his dad would have been wondering what the name was. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And all of this is done with their backs turned. So it could have been. I have ADR. ADR. Yeah. Um, Because the other thing that happens here is at a series, uh, this happens, what, two or three times within the minute. Brian is being a creep. Yeah. He starts talking to a a woman leaving the health spa. Yeah. Uh, Because she's in like workout clothes. Yeah. And Mr. Grant or either talking or just leering at her. Uh, I think talking. uh, Because Mr. Grant has to turn back, turn his head back and go, Brian. Yeah, he's definitely talking. We we review the footage. He's definitely talking. He's Uh, He's also standing if I might editorialize here, way too close to her. Well, I, I thought you were going to say, and a full head shorter than her. <laughs> um, but so then they, they uh, Kyle takes them into one of the the rooms. Yes. But opens those little double doors. I'll wrong t- room. Yeah, wrong room. I'll tell you who does not shine in this moment, this minute. Hmm. The woman who says, what's going on here? Sure. It's the most flat. It's one of the most flat line deliveries we've encountered yet in this movie. And that is saying something. It really is saying something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these neither of these women is is Helen or Helene. As as I reviewed the minute, I, yeah. I caught a different pronunciation on Helene. Helen or Helene. Helene. I don't know. Um, but it is it is a similar setup of room. They're, yes. Both women do have the, the green face masks on. Mm-hmm. But Dunstan has not licked one of them. It's true. Uh, so then they, the Mr. Grant apologizes, uh, you know, uh, he says to, to Kyle, this is not a playground. Mm-hmm. What language do you even speak? Yeah. Uh, because he's, you know, when you, when you keep telling a kid the same thing over and over and they don't listen to you, you got to ask what language they speak. Exactly. I heard, I've for sure heard that from my parents at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as they're trying to, Kyle thinks, you know, he's on the scent of, uh, of Lord Rutledge. Yeah. Then Brian again tries to peek into the room. Yeah. The room they just came out of? Yeah. Because the other thing is, when they do look into that room, Brian's just dead, dead-faced. <laughs> he's <laughs> just standing back there, not even reacting to anything. Yeah, and they're and not... And now all of a sudden, he's trying to peek back in the room? It, it's it's creep. It's like... The only thing he is accomplishing here is being a creep. Yeah. Because they're not... It's not even... There's no way it could be construed as lascivious to him. Because, like, they are literally... I mean, they're covered head to toe. Yeah. Like, their only exposed skin is their face. And that... Even that's covered in a mask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then there's a great comedic beat. Unless... uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Unless Brian's in defeat. <laughs> Why? That's the only explanation I can think of. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I first of all, I don't think they're barefoot. I think I, they're wearing slippies. Um, they're wearing slippy-toed slippers. Okay, no, also known as slippies. <laughs> yes, of course. This was 1996. Yeah. Star Fox was at a tight. Um, Star <laughs> Fox was at a tight. Yes. Uh, there's a great comedic beat where when Mr. Grant realizes that his other son, Brian, is not following along. Yeah. He has to do the kind of like turn around the corner where you're like slipping on one foot like yeah. a cartoon character. Or like when Mario turns around quickly <laughs> and then he's a 3D Mario game. The games. little dust comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, and he does that and he goes, Brian? He's he's always like yelling for Brian to follow uh, because Kyle has spotted Lord Rutledge at the end of the hall. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think Jason Alexander... Do you agree with my what I'm about to suggest to you? I hope so. Which is that if they were ever to do a 
stage adaptation of Super Mario Brothers, Jason Alexander should play Mario. Yes. Not in a movie. No. Never in a movie. No. But on a, in a stage play? Yeah. Yeah. I Hell, think so. Make it a musical. Yeah. We know he's got oh, for the sure. chops. For sure. <laughs> we saw him sing and dance. Yeah. 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 What if it was a, a made-for-TV stage musical? Yes. Okay. I'd still good. G- okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's on the screen, it's still okay as long as it's not the big screen. Exactly. Okay, Nintendo good. should hire us, frankly. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> we have a lot of good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Kyle is on, on the trail of Lord Rutledge. He does. Now, let me say this else about this minute. Huh. Let me say this else about this minute. Yeah. You know who else shines in this minute? Who? Rupert Everett. <laughs> well, I was about to say, he does a really great cartoon character. Oh, you've spotted me. And he keeps <laughs> yeah, walking. Yeah. He perfectly frames himself at the end of this hallway. Yeah. Spins his cane so around good. and keeps walking. <laughs> yeah. And the look on his face as he's like, okay, just be cool. We know what this kid is saying is correct, but no one's going to believe him. I just got to stay cool. Mm. It's it's good as hell. Uh, so when Kyle does catch up to good him. Good physical comedy, I would say, is what's going on. Yeah. He, he just keeps saying, like, that's him. That's the guy. He has the monkey. He's yeah. saying that over and over. And, uh, no reaction from Lord Rutherford. Well, he's kind of doing. He's like he's straight. Oh, he does his adjust thigh, his ass. And he's doing. You know what I? You know what I would call it? You know that famous vine, um, where it's uh, someone is uh, embarrassing his younger relative at Popeyes, and <laughs> <laughs> so you just hear the voice of the person recording the vine saying, "Hey, Terry, I was at Popeyes," and it's like this little kind of chubby kid holding a drink like trying to pretend like he's not looking at the camera you now that i describe it you know the gift i'm talking about right i think i've seen that kid <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty essentially good. what lord rutledge is doing oh here God, yeah he really is yeah uh, and that's where the minute ends with lord rutledge ignoring kyle yeah that's like terrio at popeyes <laughs> um you know, th- thanks, thanks, y'all, for getting through the. We need to talk about Kevin. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next episode. Yes. Minute forty-eight. Yeah. Dun 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 Indiana Jones and Last Crusade is what I have chosen to pair with minute forty-eight. Yeah. So so come back for that. That'll be fun. Yeah. You can find me on other podcasts such as Nothing New, a remake podcast, where every month me and Justin Keyson talk about remakes. Uh, check that out, benvnetwork.com slash nothing new. And the other podcast that I do uh, is also monthly. It's called It's On My List. Uh, <laughs> me and five others get together, talk about movies that people say you should see, crossing them off of our list once and for all, and letting everyone know if it was actually worth the experience of watching it. Because uh, sometimes those classics don't hold up. And, and sometimes there's classics that you've been avoiding for no reason. And they're actually really good. Yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, spoiler for that. I mean, it's a couple months old now. Breaking Away. That's a good movie. I, I, I had not heard of it. I'll co-sign that. It comes up on the list. I go, okay. You know what's a good way to have heard of Breaking Away as someone our age? What? Have a dad who's really into bicycling. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, also... As I am always want to point out, if anyone out there is going to be watching Breaking Away, keep an eye out on Dennis Quaid's thighs because it is <laughs> they are spectacular. Hashtag thigh watch. Yeah. So uh, find that at, it's on my list pod.com uh, and all that. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at podcaster Andrew. Also, it's ambiguous like because they're like older teens are supposed to be in college. But Dennis Quaid was like almost 30 when he filmed the movie. He was like 28. Yeah. Playing an 18 year old. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, like, listen, I'm not some creep out here saying, hey, look at that 18-year-old's thighs. He was 
Yeah. Like old my age or older than me. Now it, currently. in that film, if you're having the hots for Jackie Earl Haley, look out, he was like sixteen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just warning you. Yeah. <laughs> we all think of Jackie Earl Haley as, you know, an an older man at this time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was a child once too. That's true. We were all children once. Mm-hmm. Um you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and Twitch at very cool Emily. Um I stream every now and again. Should we announce what we're doing for episode 60? No. Okay. <laughs> we should hold it for two more episodes. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah. Um, what's up? You stream on Twitch sometimes. That's true. Mm-hmm. That was the what end else? of that sentence. But oh, I need okay. help with the next sentence. Um, hey, someone that I host a podcast with, don't you oh, host a podcast yeah, with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fool Justin Keys on. Us two plus Victor Perfecto, we host a little show called Go, Go, Godzilla. Uh, On that show, we go through every Godzilla movie, and we look at each one, and we say, hey, what were the circumstances that led to this being the Godzilla movie that got made at this time? Uh, It's called Go, Go, Godzilla. Our episode on Godzilla 1954 is up. By the time this releases, hopefully, maybe our episode on Godzilla Raids again will be out. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your review challenge on this day is going to be to. Well, I've got nothing. Um, just say the the last restaurant you ate at. Okay, so give us a five star. We were both looking at your McDonald's cup and trying to get inspiration, and you pulled something else, and I'm proud of <laughs> something out, and I'm proud of you. Um, give us five stars, yeah. and then in the text of the review, simply write. The last restaurant you ate at? Any restaurant. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a chain. No. It could be a it could be a single location restaurant. Yeah. Just put the name. It could be, uh, you know, maybe you found a sandwich on the sidewalk. You ate it. That's a re- To me, that's a restaurant. <laughs> we have different definitions of restaurant. <laughs> that's what I have to say. <laughs> maybe, you, uh, maybe you bought an egg salad sandwich from a machine, from like a dispensing machine in a gas station bathroom. Hey, to me, that's a restaurant. Okay, well, that, maybe that's a restaurant to me, too. <laughs> What's next? You close it? No, we got well, you more open to it say. And then I close it. There's more to say. No, we said, oh, well, Dunstan checks men on Instagram. Well, sure. On Twitter, Majestico Tell and Why. Yeah, patreon.com slash Dunstan checks men. You can send us an email, Dunstan checks men at gmail.com. We're on YouTube. Yeah, you just I search Dunstan checks men. Special thing. Yeah. Just go watch it. Check it's it out. Fine. And remember, Dunstan is spelled with a U. Fuck. And we're checking out. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. And amusings are your musings. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Hi, I'm David. And I'm Kayla. And if it wasn't readily apparent from that, we're huge nerds about Disney. That's why we're doing the Animusings podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a film in detail from the Walt Disney Animation Studios filmography, covering them in chronological order, from Snow White to Moana and beyond. To Moana and beyond! Sweetie, we're not doing Pixar yet. We'll do that after. (laughs) That's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Kayla and I, and maybe a guest or two, as we explore the Disney animated canon, film by film. With the hope that it'll be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Ooh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Walt. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.